At the start of the pandemic, I watched a lot of TV with my son, and a lot of it was Sesame Street. He was obsessed with Sesame Street uh, back in March of 2020. He's since found other shows that interest him. And then for a while, we watched a show called Daniel Tiger, which was really cool and maybe the first time that at least I've seen a show that not only models great behavior for children, it also models great behavior for parents, which was really nice. And then I found the show Bluey, and everything changed. Now, this is part one of a two-part discussion, and I highly recommend that you either watch Keepy Uppy on a streaming service from the show Bluey before listening to this podcast, or have the intention to watch the episode of Bluey after the podcast. In this episode, I sit down with my friend and fellow educator, Miriam Mutafian, and we try and pull out all of the best insights and wisdom from an episode called Keepy Uppy from the show Bluey. Enjoy. This is Zia Hassan, and you are listening to Gently Down the Stream, a personal development podcast. If you want to transform your life, be a more engaged parent, a more present spouse, if you are stuck in your career or in any part of your life, this show will teach you powerful ideas, habits, and skills so that you can focus on what's most important to you. All right, so I'm here with my friend, Miriam Mutafian, and uh, Miriam works with children. Uh, her mother ran a daycare. She also is an elementary school teacher. And we're here today to talk about a really amazing show called Bluey. And I sent you a text a little while ago, Miriam, about this show. Um, but we'll talk about Bluey in a moment. First, I want to know, what's your experience or like your prowess when it comes to uh, kids' programming? What are your favorite things that you think uh, kids should be watching? So as you mentioned, I grew up in a house where children were watching TV pretty consistently. My mom ran a daycare. And so, um, you know, Barney, Sesame Street, uh, some of those classic sort of options, um, some of those Nick Jr. shows. More recent, I would say that I've been a fan of Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood. I think that they address the idea of kind of regulating your emotions and being able to talk about how you feel. Um, has been kind of nice to see. I don't know that we, like growing up, had something so sort of like obviously talking about that. And so that's been one um, that I've enjoyed a lot currently. But I have to say, Bluey has kind of like rocked my world a little bit in that its approach is different and incredible. Like that's why we're doing this. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was my next question because, and we'll talk about Bluey, we'll get there. But I, but I want to kind of set this up because I think it's really fascinating that I never thought, like, growing up when we watched kids shows, occasionally my parents would watch with me. If there was a movie that was out that was a kids movie, of course, my, my parents would take me. And I never really thought that there was anything for my parents in the programming. There was a couple jokes uh, in, like, Rugrats, that show Rugrats on Nickelodeon, that later I got, like... There's a doctor named Lipschitz who has all these these pieces of advice for kids, and like that's such a uh, that that's kind of what uh, I think the the parents watching like that's the the funniness they get. I don't think kids understand that the guy's name is Lipschitz. Um, but I never really thought about this idea that family programming could be useful for both the child and the parent until I watched Bluey, and and actually Daniel Tiger is another really good example of that too because Daniel Tiger is useful in the sense that. 
they teach strategies that you can then reference later on for your kid. So like you feel so mad you want to roar, take a deep breath, count to four. Like that's not language that all parents just naturally have. But now when they watch the show, they can say, oh, you're mad. Oh, I'm going to go right back to that strategy. But then I watched Bluey. So so you started talking about this, this you know, how it's next level. Um, first, let's set up what the show is about. What, what What is your interpretation of what the show seems to be about? We, we both only watched th- these three episodes uh, that are all in one kind of video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Well, what is your impression so far about just the concept of the show? So, and we've kind of like talked about this a little bit um, once before, the kind of main difference. So if I'm using Daniel Tiger and Bluey as kind of like a side-by-side comparison, um, the sort of formula for Daniel Tiger is that, yes, exactly like you said, like these strategies are being taught and they turn and speak to the camera and they'll say like, okay, everyone, let's X, Y, Z. With Bluey, it doesn't feel like so much effort it's this sort of like naturally interwoven um story that involves the entire family and like you said like i didn't grow up watching tv with my parents sitting next to me especially when it was you know kid show time but something like bluey kind of takes that family experience puts it on the small screen in a way that again without sort of obviously saying like hi we're going to teach you how to play with your family it has the, has this like sort of subtle nuanced thing going on in the background that creates this atmosphere that you just want to it's just so much fun that's like yeah. it's so much fun so at at its core the show is about this family of of dogs yeah. um but it's so it's it's there's there's a mom there's a dad and there's two daughters bluey and bingo bluey being of course the main character in the show um and they have all sorts of different friends and different people in their neighborhood that sort of like interact with them but it's basically about their their lives at at home, which you would think is not that interesting. But there's at least in these three episodes that we're going to break down today, kind of an interesting twist to it, which is that everything is about, to me at least, play and spontaneity. Did you get that sense? Absolutely, and just humor and lightheartedness. I mean, you can't watch it without smiling. It's impossible. I mean, there's it's 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 a message for parents about it, not only for 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 parent for being a parent for kids, but this show really is about being a parent. It's also about being a good partner or a good spouse uh, in, in the way that Bluey and uh, in the way that the parents communicate, Chili and um, Bandit. Bandit is the dad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're listening to this and you've never watched Bluey before, we're going to kind of break down some of the clips and talk about the things that they're doing on the show. But you really should watch this episode. It is free on YouTube. Um, it's, it's a Disney Junior channel, I believe. Um, but the the episodes we're talking about, they're all in one video and they're called Keepy Uppy, Magic Xylophone and Shadowlands. And all three just blew me away when I watched it. Um, I think my father-in-law was the one that recommended this show. And so we watched it with my son, Desi and, uh, and just, you know, I I was just like, wow, because before that, you know, talking about Daniel Tiger, that was a show that I watched and I was like, wow, this is really good for parents. This shows good parenting strategy, but the parents are always in that one. They're almost like too adulty. This kind of goes into, I think a little bit more creative style of parenting. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. I think a lot of times, especially, I mean, as a teacher, there's kind of this very sort of firm line drawn between like the kids and the adults and how we're expected to behave and interact with each other. And 
there isn't anything anywhere that says that, you know, adults have to be so adultish all the time. I think um, it, it can definitely impact your relation. Like I'm not a parent. I have students, I have a godson and a cousins and um, friends of uh, kids of best friends. Um, but all of it kind of p- plays its part in showing us how we can have relationships without having to stick, stay within a very sort of specified sort of mold. Yeah. Yeah. A fluid sort of family style. hundred um, percent. Which, you know, I'm not trying to advocate that any of you listening should try and, cause it's a, it's a TV show after all. And I, I certainly not every interaction I have with my child is playful and spontaneous the way that these are, but there's a lot that you can really learn. And I think that I've changed the way that I interact with my child after watching some of this. So, so the episode that we're starting with is called Keepy Uppy. And in this episode, the, the basic plot is that Bluey, the main character, wakes up one day and pulls out a balloon. And it's the last balloon that she has in this pack of balloons. And she blows it up and brings it out to her mom. And her mom starts playing this game called Keepy Uppy, where she hits the balloon up in the air. And then the whole the rest of the episode, they have to keep the balloon in the air. That's the whole point. What's keepy uppy? You have to keep the balloon in the air and can't let it touch the ground. What happens if it touches the ground? Oh, nothing, Bingo. It's just a game. Oh, okay. The first thing we see, the first scene we see of the mom, she's playing with Bingo. And you almost think to yourself, like, oh, my God. So she has no chores whatsoever. She doesn't do anything around the house. She just plays with the kid all day. This is, you know, this isn't realistic. But then she plays with, with her for a few minutes, starts this game. And then just casually says, I have to go make brekkie now and go (laughs) for his breakfast. This is an Australian show. Um, And just goes to the other room and starts to cook. I just think it's so amazing that, you know, you often see, uh, at least for me, like I wake up in the morning and like I'm ready to cook breakfast for my child. Like I've got the pan ready. Like it's it's a process. I would never think of doing a game during that time. But it's easy. It's actually when it it makes sense because it actually engages them in the process, makes it a little more fun for them. Um, and you know, I, I also like how the kids know not to beg for, you know, like, oh no, stay and play. It's like, no, I, I know like there's a time for play and then mom has to do, go do something. There's this clear, like it's, it's like, there's this clear division, but at the same time it's interwoven and it's sort of part of the spontaneity of the day. I also really like the moment where she says, what happens if it lands on the ground? She goes, nothing bingo. It's, it's just, it's, it's a game. And I love it because it's like she takes it super seriously, but up to a point, she doesn't want to take it too far into territory of like, you know, oh, that like something bad is going to happen. It's like it's still a fun thing, but it but there's but it, but we're still going to take it seriously. Yeah, I that that part definitely stood out to me, too. I think as an educator, you know, we're always talking about setting expectations and being consistent. And like you were saying before, you can tell she Bluey said, oh, is it uh, keepy uppy? So they've played it before. Um, and even though the kids are running all around, like nothing's getting knocked over. You know, it's not a huge mess because they've played inside. Um, you know, furniture is upright. Yeah, they're climbing over stuff. They're having a blast. And also to what you were saying before, it's like they've been set up to play independently, do something that they can do that's appropriate for them to do without, you know, 24 hour supervision where mom can go do whatever chores or work for the day that needs to get done. And I think the kids really 
sort of need that. Not a blank, like, here's a tablet, buy, But, you know, these are the rules. These are the expectations. This is what's okay. Off you go. Yeah, that, that's a really good point that it's like they there are expectations in the house. There's There's a clear boundary between like, here's how you can have fun. And here's where it goes too far that the, the kids already know. It's hard to really extrapolate that from this small piece, but it, but it, you know, being, being an educator, we both right. uh, have, have backgrounds in education, so we understand this. I'm a keepy-uppy expert. Yeah, but it's not as fun now. Can you make it hard again? The, the girls are basically trying to keep this balloon in the air, but at some point it becomes too easy. Like they don't have enough, uh, enough. Uh, challenge. So they ask their parents to make it more challenging, which reminds me of uh, a learning theorist, Lev Vygotsky, who's one of the theories of Vygotsky is the zone of proximal development. And it's so interesting how children, when you give them a task that is just right, that is a little bit challenging, but isn't too challenging. Like if, they, if he had made it really hard for the balloon to stay up in the air, they may have lost interest. If he had let the balloon just kind of fall, you know, just let them keep going on easy mode, they would have gotten bored. Mm -hmm. But just made it a little bit interesting, a little bit more uh, challenging so that they had to sort of uh, use their mind in a way that was fun rather than like too stressful or too boring. And I just have to say, I love the dad. I think he's so like perfectly cheesy. What I like about how sort of his interaction and how he enters the game, um, he kind of doesn't quite let on that he's making everything challenging. He's kind of just offhand like, man, it's hot in here. Let me just turn this fan on. And I think, again, it's like it's so subtle. But if you really look at it, you know, a lot of times parents will sometimes think that you know, it, it's better to make things easier. It's better to just like, I'll set everything up and all you have to do is, is pick it up. And it's kind of nice that they incorporate, like you said, the right level of challenge, because if it was way, way, way too hard, they would have lost interest completely. I mean, if you've never worked out and you go to the gym, you're not going to go for three hours on your first go. Like it's just, you're not going to go back after that. So I do, I think it's, it's very subtle how dad sort of enters the game and he's not stepping in as sort of an obvious villain like okay i'm going to now try to make this really hard for you he just kind of goes about his business and um it just makes it it makes it so like i said you can't watch it without smiling it just makes it so fun yeah the 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 part you were saying about how he's going about his business i mean he's actually it's it's a subtle thing but he's actually eating a bowl of some kind of porridge or vegetables or something or fruit or something mm -hmm. Uh, as he's going through and kind of telling them, I love the, the dad saying, so they're trying to get this balloon uh, uh, staying up in the air and they're doing it in their toy room where there are toys everywhere and they keep tripping over their toys. And he says something like, wow, imagine how easy this would be if you just tidied it up. And I think that's just such an amazing, uh, like, like kind of a, a what what we might refer to as a logical consequence of like this game is now harder because of you guys don't clean up logical consequences are the best because that's where you really learn you know there's one thing between someone constantly telling you like you must do this you must do this or don't do this or don't ever do this and then you know the best way to kind of learn those kinds of lessons even if it's something as simple as keeping your toy room clean is in these sort of authentic situations where Perhaps next time their dad may not have to say quite so explicitly, you should clean your toys. Um, it may come to them sort of as a result of of having played the game. 
Right, exactly. It's not just like, oh, dad told me to. It's like, I, you know, that this will actually make it easier to get around in my room. They've actually experienced the consequence of that. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. <gasps> oh, no! We can't let it touch the ground! Leo! It's going to Lucky's yard! In this last bit, they are trying to still keep the balloon up, and they're out in the front yard. It goes into the neighbor's yard, Lucky, and he kind of pop sends it back to them. And I like how they're all using this boont that the mom started it off with. Like, yeah. that's just such a, it reminds me of attachment theory in that a lot of times with uh, secure attachments, children want to be like their parents. Mm -hmm. So they do the, they kind of imitate and do things that they do. I love the idea of the collaborative game versus the competitive game here because it's not like a lot of families have this thing where like one person ends up winning whereas this game is all about collaboration it's all about like if we if one of us loses then we all lose because the balloon popped i think we're so um i don't know what the word is it's kind of ingrained like being competitive you know being the best being number one um but yeah it's it's extremely inclusive i mean anybody who wants to or is available to can sort of join in and one part that the part that really stood out to me is when dad said it's a hard one to get right i think that um sort of that like transparency that shows kids that parents are doing the best that they can you know and he said well maybe i made it too fun and their reaction is like yeah you really did make it too fun you know, a situation like that where a balloon pops, there are so many scenarios where the kid ends up upset or crying or throwing a tantrum or it's the was the last one. How did you let this happen? But the way that that whole part sort of plays out, the way dad explains the way the kids, um, of course, the fact that there was another balloon helped kind of, you know, smooth things over. But, you know, I think parents sometimes feel like they have to have that like superhero cape on all the time and like that they have to get it right every single time. And so dad's sort of admitting that in a very subtle way, you know, kind of sends that message that mistakes are made. We are okay. Let's pick it up and, and keep it rolling. No! Oh, my balloon. It's popped. It's all good. We can blow up another one. But that was my last balloon. Oh. Did I make that a little too fun? Yes. Yeah, you did. Sorry, Squirts. It's a hard one to get right. Yeah, it goes back to the whole idea of, like, they're taking the game seriously, but up to a point, right? Because when, when it, at the end, when the balloon pops and the kids are kind of sad and the dad says, I think I made that a little too much fun, um, he's taking responsibility for something that many parents would just look at and say, hey, it's just a game. It's just a balloon. Get over it. Um, and in a way, he sort of did that. But by assuming the responsibility, by feeling the pain with them, um, instead of just saying, oh, they're just kids, they're just being upset about this balloon. You know, he really takes it seriously, which I thought was was a really cool uh, lesson for parenting. It is, um, it's so different. We haven't I don't think we've really seen it in that way so much especially with like what we had growing up at, in terms of kids television. Yeah, because you really don't see like examples of I I mean there's there's examples of like great ways to talk to kids, great ways yeah. to empathize with kids, especially like Sesame Street, Daniel Tiger. But to see it in the context of something that is to me a little bit more I don't know, realistic. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody like 
a lot of times with your kids, it is silly. It's not always a serious, like sit down conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I feel like Sesame Street and those shows, it's not like they didn't get it right. It's just, it wasn't the point. Hey there, thanks for sticking around till the end of the podcast. This is Zia Hassan, and this is my weekly podcast, Gently Down the Stream. If you don't know me, I am an educator, a trainer, and a coach. And this podcast and my coaching practice are for people who want to change their lives. This podcast is meant for teaching and for learning and for inspiration. But if you want to spend some time with me and focus on you and the wisdom that you have, you can book a coaching session with me at ziahassan.coach. And together we can figure out what your core values are, which is something that most people have not considered, have not actually dug into. Most people don't know what their core values are, or if they think they know them, they are sometimes wrong. We can navigate a dilemma in your life and figure out the next best step for you to take. And through small changes, you can have a big transformation. My podcast is all about what I value and stand for. But when you coach with me, we figure out what you value, what you stand for, what you believe, and what actions are necessary for you to take to live a life that is meaningful to you, to connect to the things that you want to connect with and say no to everything else. So if you're interested in booking a session with me, check out ziahassan.coach, and I will see you next Tuesday.